Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're fired up to talk some USC football with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. We got uh, some interesting questions about USC football. We're counting down to spring football, which tentatively begins on March 7th. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. If you have any questions for us or comments, podcast at uscfootball.com. Is the email address, or you can give us a call at 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com, click on the left side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail right from your computer or mobile device. We're on iTunes. Please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us five-star rating, positive feedback. That's great. We're also on Audio Boom, TuneIn Radio, which I use in my car. I love using that one. Um, Stitcher Radio, a lot of different ways to get a hold of us. If there's a podcast app out there that doesn't have us for some reason, email me, podcast at uscfootball.com, and I will contact them and make sure they get the Peristyle podcast on there. We're coming up, Coach, I didn't even think about this. We're coming up on our 10th season, 10th football season. We started this back in 2008. Obviously, it's grown a lot. We used to count the episodes. We just couldn't do that anymore. There's way too many, hundreds and hundreds. And now we do multiple podcasts a week, but it's like eight, uh, tenth, gonna be tenth season coach covering the USC football Trojans on the Parasol podcast. I can't believe it. I just can't believe that time has gone by that fast. I would have never guessed that, Ryan. I never would have because, uh, we've been doing this every Monday. Occasionally we miss it, um, but we try to do it every Monday and it time flies by, doesn't it? It really does. Let's see, ten years ago. Wow. I was 35 then. <laughs> Nice. I actually think I was 35 then. Uh, well, no, it's probably, <laughs> no, I'm 46. So I was, uh, I was 36. Dude, I know I, I gotta remember, like, we, I think we started doing this together, like, the first year I started, right? I don't know if I ran the podcast for a while first. Um, but I think you were part of it from the very beginning. I'll have to go back and look at our old episodes, but I think you were. I think so. I, I remembered, uh, we spoke at practice. I met you there and you asked me if I, would like to do a podcast, and I said I certainly would, and I asked you if we could get a sponsor, and you said you can, and that's where Southern California Tickets uh, came in. And, you know, they've been with us the entire 10 years. Can you believe that? That is crazy. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened before. For <laughs> But Southern California Tickets are great. SCTickets.com is a website, or call them at 1-800-888-7287. Coach goes way back with Southern California Tickets. But, yeah, you're right, Coach. They came on in the very beginning. They came on at the very beginning. In fact, I'm going to have lunch with him today. I don't even think he realizes that. I really don't think he realizes <laughs> so that. So don't tell him because maybe he'll pull out or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell him, don't pull out now because now we got listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been funny. It's a steady growth. And every time we talk, like if we go speak at an event, I know you spoke at one recently. And, you know, I've been running the, the uscfootball.com for 20 years. You've been covering the team forever. Um, but the something about the podcast, it's reaches different people. So there's a lot of people that are just podcast listeners that 
aren't subscribers to the site or whatever. They and it's they come out of the woodwork, and it's funny because you see them in person. It's not like you can see us on the podcast, but I guess they know what we look like, and they'll say, "I love the pod." I mean, that's like the first thing out of people's mouths. No, it really is, Ryan, and uh, I want to thank all those people who do listen. And uh, please uh, feel free to call in or leave a question. We'll be happy to. We don't avoid any questions, and we give you just our opinion. And it's really your show. It's our show. Let's say it that way. You, us, uh, and we'll try to uh, talk about different things. And and uh, please always feel free to come up if you see Ryan or I anywhere and introduce yourself, and we'd be happy to meet you and. Uh, discuss USC Trojan football or whatever you want. And uh, I want to thank all of you for following along with us for, I don't know, 10 years. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. The um, It's always been a question-driven uh, show. We, you know, we definitely do other episodes where it's just, you know, I've had T. Martin on last week. We had uh, Kenny Bigelow. We'll have different guests on and stuff where it's just kind of me asking questions. But we try to make it mostly a user-driven show where we're answering your questions about USC football and recruiting. And, uh, you know, had an idea. We like, it's funny the the emails I get, the people that love you coach, they just love it. Um, there's people that don't like us either, but I mean, for the most part, people write in and they, they love what they hear. And I thought it'd be kind of fun since it's kind of going into our 10 year deal here that maybe we get a, uh, a, one of our like frequent emailers or callers or someone that just wants to kind of chat Trojan football with us on the podcast. We could get them on the show with us and he could ask you, he or she could ask you questions, uh, directly, uh, while we're all on the show together. So I don't know. What would you think about something like that? I'd love it. I'd love it. Uh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to meet a lot of our listeners and, uh, discuss questions on the air with them or on the podcast. And please, Brian, go ahead and do that. I don't know how you figure all that stuff out, but go ahead and do it. Yeah. So, okay. So why don't we do this? Because, uh, it's going to be a call in. So we want, you have to call us. Uh, leave a voicemail either at our number 641-715-3900 extension 816-646 or go to their website peristylepodcast.com on the left side of the page you can leave a voicemail right from your computer click on that and you can leave a voicemail through your you're the speaker on your computer or your mobile device um so and tell us why you want to be on the show live with coach and to be part of the next peristyle podcast one thing so we taped the show uh, Mondays at 10 o'clock in the morning is usually when we tape it and we get it up, you know, lunchtime or so. Uh, compelling reasons, maybe we could move that around, but that's usually when we tape it. So if you're available then, that would be ideal. Um, and just tell us why, uh, why you want to be part of the show. We'll take the best one. You know, if there's a couple that are awesome, maybe we'll have, you know, a couple people on. Um, but that'd be great. I think it'd be kind of a fun thing, coach, just to mix it up. You know, we're, we're, spring football is just about here. So we're talking about stuff, you know, from post signing day and, and we haven't seen spring football yet. It's kind of a slow, uh, period in the offseason. Not that it's slow ever, but this is one of the slower times. So that might be a neat way to kind of mix things up a little bit. I think it's great. I think it's great to share the podcast with our listeners out there and get into a conversation back and forth. Now, this isn't just for people that agree with us. If you don't agree with us, uh, let's get back and talk about it too. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And uh, I'd look forward to it. I really would, Ryan. I'll tell you one thing I want to say, though, before we get started. Sure. I know you have questions. You pronounce the name of the kid that just verbally committed from Bishop Gorman, the linebacker, and I'll tell you about him. <laughs> That's a good uh, – <laughs> okay, so I was – it's funny. I was covering um, – this weekend, I was covering two different high school camps. So, I mean, these things start uh, already. 
Um, and I was at, uh, the Adidas seven on seven, like Los Angeles. I think they call it like the Los Angeles, uh, regional. And then uh, on Saturday and then on Sunday, I was at the Under Armour, uh, they call it, I think, ill speed camp, the Los Angeles one. And so that's more of a camp setting where they're going through drills and stuff like that. It's not a competition. Well, it's competition, but it's not like seven on seven competition. And I mean, I, all I did all weekend was film like 16 and 17 year old kids. And so you're trying to get in this new mode of you knew everyone from 2017 and now you're getting into 2018. And like I'm on my drive home, I get like an alert. Oh, uh, you know, USC gets a commit from, and I have no, I mean, I haven't heard Gerard say his name. I think he maybe he's talked about it on the podcast before, but it's not, it's not clicked in coach, but it's P A L A I E. Uh, it's his first name. He's from Bishop Gorman, uh, a linebacker, uh, and then G A T O T E O T E. And, uh, I really, I mean, I don't even want to, I don't want to butcher it. Um, but we, that'd be cool. I mean, you're a, you're a Las Vegas guy. Maybe you could talk about them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that there was all this kind of crazy recruiting stuff going over the weekend. And then, oh man, and USC picks up a commitment too. And, and literally like no idea how to pronounce his name. Well, you know, it's funny. I was just talking about him with somebody the other night. Uh, I don't know where I was because I've seen this kid play and uh, this kid is, is, is really a great player. I mean, I, I didn't even know he was thinking about committing this early i mean he's ohio state's after him and bishop gorman sent two players to ohio state last year one to usc the safety and players all over the country bishop gorman hadn't lost they won the national championship the last three years in a row uh nationally they play the best teams that they don't run from anybody florida california arizona utah they play everybody in fact their seniors who graduated this year never lost a football game in high school so it's a, a tremendous football program. And this kid has been starting, I think, since a freshman. He is a great inside linebacker. I mean, he's the real deal. When people talk about him, they say he's the closest thing that reminds them of Junior Seau. And I'm telling you, that's, that's pretty high credentials. He can run. He loves to hit. He loves to stunt. He, do, he does it all, fills a hole. Got a great, great feel for the game. Good in the pass coverages. I mean, this this kid's a real deal. And uh, for him to commit this early, everybody wanted him. Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, so on. I was shocked, Ryan. I was shocked when I heard that yesterday. Not that I'm, you know, shocked that he's coming to USC, but just shocked that he verbally committed so early. Now, of course, a verbal commit, you know, means only for – uh, whatever it is until they sign a national letter of intent. But that was something that really should fire up people that know football. For sure. And it's, um, you know, obviously it's early, you know, just over, just under a year until, uh, national letter of intent day, signing day. Um, but I think it's a good sign. And, you know, I've talked about this. We had a, uh, podcast with our, our podcast of champions, Pac 12 podcast I do with David Woods and we had Greg Biggins on. Uh, last week and talking about like the USC sort of momentum, um, recruiting wise, typically you have a good year. You're not seeing the kind of fruits of your labor until the following recruiting class. And I think coming into the class of 2017 coach, uh, a lot of the players early on were just kind of in wait and see mode. So they got some commitments from some lower ranked guys that sort of what dropped off toward late 
after USC had success and they picked up some some bigger name guys and going like six for six on signing day was really big. But I think now you are going to be you know highly ranked to start the season. There's going to be a lot of hype around the program. I don't think you're going to see as many kind of lower ranked guys committing early. You're going to see more guys uh, like the linebacker from Bishop Gorman, uh, highly ranked guys kind of committing early because they saw what Clay Hilton was able to do with this team and how the expectations are high. Now that can be a double-edged sword uh, if USC kind of falls on his face. We saw that with Lane Kiffin when he had the number one recruiting class locked up. Uh, they end up going seven and six, losing the Sun Bowl, and a bunch of guys decommitted. It could work that way as well. But as of now, Coach, I think they're going to get some some more early uh, big-time recruiting momentum because of the uh, Rose Bowl victory in the, in the nine-game winning streak. No, there's no question about it. And this is what and we talked a little bit about it last week, Brian. This is time for USC to separate. This is time for them to separate from the rest of the Pac-12. It's time now to get back to the old mode of, of hey, we're USC. Well, you don't want to come into the Coliseum because it's time to get your butt kicked when you come into the Coliseum. Just let the clock run out and get out of here without us hurting you. And I, I think it's time now where USC can make that giant step. And also, it's a time you and I were talking about a player before the podcast that waited too long, that should have committed earlier, that really wanted to come to USC. And there's several of them that really wanted to come to USC but played that game too long, and they didn't make it. No scholarships left. So you're going to see people or players who want to be a part of the USC Trojan football and academic programs now step and step up and say, I don't need to play a game. I need to know where I'm going. I want to go there. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to take a lot of trips after this. I've made my commitment. I want to be part of the program. So now, as you said, it's so important next year that the Trojans do separate not only in recruiting, but also their performance on the field where they really do show that they are the skill, the power, the technique, the the program that is now separating like Alabama has done in the Southeastern Conference and Ohio State has done in the Big Ten. And these other programs, they now have to separate where they again become one of the top elite programs in college football. Not that they haven't been, but it's time to step up and have back-to-back 10, 11, 12 game winning seasons and more. So I think this is what Clay Helton and what Lynn Swan has been planning to do. And I think they're off to that type of start now. I said this last week, the Pac-12 was never there to support him before and they won't be there to support him again. So they've got to be very careful that they dot the I on all of their recruiting techniques and everything they do. Because I always used to say, worry about your program, don't worry about mine, because you're worrying too much about mine, that's why we're kicking your butt. Because they're going to try to find ways to say, oh, they did this, they shouldn't have done this, and they shouldn't have done that. So they've got to be really careful, because people are envious, and they spend too much time on what you're doing, rather than spend it on their own program. Good points, Coach. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump in to some questions. Um, thought that'd be a good word, good good place to start, since that's what we do every week. <laughs> um, Tar, okay. So, I, hopefully, you guys got to hear my conversation with T. Martin last week 
Uh, I think it was, we put it up on Thursday. So it's, it's funny. He, he was on a little vacation, caught back up, got back into the office. And I got him on the first day back in the office and it was, you know, he's running around meetings and stuff. And they had a whole bunch of unofficial visitors coming over the weekend. So there was a lot to get ready for. And of course, they're getting ready for spring football, but he was nice enough to carve out some time, 25 minutes or so. And we, we, you know, I asked him questions and we had some questions posted on the peristyle on uscfootball.com. Uh, and one of them, coach, was one that we kind of get asked about a lot was the jumbo package. And so Tarek wrote in and Tarek, like Tarek's great. Uh, and congratulations to his, uh, uh, just got married recently. Um, but Tark usually writes in one, like really good questions that are like one sentence. Well, this one, this was like his longest question ever. So I wanted to read it for you and we could kind of talk about what you think about it, coach. He said, in the last Peristyle podcast, offensive coordinator T. Martin mentioned that USC does have a jumbo package, but have never felt the need to use it. And also stated that because USC does not have a power back, it might not be effective. Christian McCaffrey was not a power back and was successful in that package. Why can't Ronald Jones or other USC backs be as well? So that's from Tark. Uh, and I don't know if you got to hear that conversation, Coach, but get your thoughts on all of that. No, I still have it. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I will now. Uh, I think, Ryan, you and I have both seen them uh, work the jumbo package a couple of times. Not a lot in practice. And uh, we made a comment on that at practice. Look, look double tight. Uh, I think it was last spring. I think it's important to have that package because, first of all, it forces the defense to prepare for it. You prepare for it during your regular season, and you learn it, and you have it. But the defense now, if they haven't seen that because of the type of offenses that are being run, now they have to take time out of their practice schedule in preparing for you to prepare for that jumbo package so it helps you along the way and they won't be as good at defending it as you are performing it and running it so we start with the idea and you've heard me talk about this before that when we're in this package we're going to make the yard or whatever we need off of it and you heard me say we used to allow the defense to run or have 12 players on the field when we did it because we build our confidence. Now, you have to be able to have this, I think, because it forces, as I said, the defense to learn it. Plus, you don't just run off of it. There's so many other packages you can do off of it, from play-action pass to flooding zones to drag routes, flat routes, uh, all kinds of different things, but you have to run the football. And I think they have backs that can run the type of football that that get, that, that they can do. And if, what do you mean you don't have power backs? Uh, move your fullback. Move someone else bigger back there, uh, and and be able to. Stephen Carr this next year will be able to be that type of back once you teach him to run inside. And and then the uh, back that was redshirted from Hawaii, uh, Malapai. He's that type of back. He's two hundred and some pounds. So I think you've got to get that going and be able to run that and run bootleg out of it and run two or three different holes, not just always the same off-tackle off hole, run a lot of different things. I, I've always believed in it. I've always called it breaker. When I called that formation, I'd say, breaker, breaker, breaker. And that group of players would run in the field because we're going to break your back on this. 
That was our breaker formation. We had the personnel set for that. When we said breaker, everybody knew it. That what that means is we're going to break their soul. We're going to break their spirit. We're going to break their back because we're going to make it on this play. So I think it's great to be able to have it, and, and I'm happy T. Martin has it. I think it's something that they should develop uh, for this coming year, especially with Sam Darnold, who could run the run pass option out of it. And it's just great. I think it's just great to do and develop it and be able to be a power football team too because I think it makes you a more tougher kid and you have a tougher offense uh, when you can do these type of things. I'm curious, Coach, because you know this was T. Martin's first uh, go-around, being the play caller, and um, you know I, I, you get there's some growing pains and stuff your first year. I think you have a better understanding of who your quarterback is and what he's capable of doing. And even if, if the play doesn't work, he's able to do some things on his own. Uh, but how much it changes, you know, and how maybe he feels more confident. Maybe there are situations where he didn't feel confident in the jumbo package and they weren't going to use it because, you know, they haven't utilized it very much or how much that changes. You know, I think you, you grow a lot from year one to year two. And for T. Martin, um, you know, what's that going to be like and how will the offense change? Will spring football look different? Will fall camp look different? Uh, I think all, you know, up and down the staff with, you know, Clay Helton's got to have a lot more confidence that he had a very successful year, really his first year as the, you know, full-time head coach. Um, so I, it, it'll be curious to me to watch how this offense develops coach because of that, you know, you get that first year jitters or whatever out of the way. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. Uh, and you heard us talk about it or not only you, but the whole people that follow us on the podcast, the entire year, this team got better and the staff got better every Every game, every week, uh, they hadn't been together before. Clay Helton had never been a head coach before. T. Martin had never been an offensive coordinator before. You had new coaches. You had a defensive line coach who had never coached uh, before. You had a lot of pieces to put together and find out what players could play what position and don't alternate as much and do the different things and learn to contain and tackle and and the different things that they weren't very good at early in the year. But after the Alabama game, uh, uh, they said, hey, uh, how can we finish this year? Are we going to finish this year as winners or are we going to finish this year as as everybody uh, saying we're the worst football team in the history of USC football? And they turned it around. And they got better and they didn't quit. And they take a lot of pride in that because these kids know how they started and what people were saying about them and the coaches. And I think they walk with a different type of, uh, of style now because they're able to do that and they like that feeling and they want to continue that feeling but they've got to remember that now they're the team but people want to beat not that they always wanted to beat them but they're getting back to hey this is that team's bowl game every year this is the team they look forward to they charge the most money for their tickets this is the team they want to be able to compare their program with the best team in the conference. We got to be like them and get the same type of players and have the same type of facility as they have, or we're not going to beat them. And this is what you got to do. So uh, I think they're off to a good start. Now they have to continue. You can't com- become complacent. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to get beat. So you better get ready because uh, there's some teams on the schedule. Remember, anybody can beat anybody today. Okay, if you're not ready to play. All right, let's uh, move on to the next topic, Coach. Um, Erica Duck Country wants to know, and this is a this is a popular name because he was a former five star 
linebacker coming out of high school. Uh, does John Houston have the speed to take on a hybrid safety role if he can't bulk up to play inside? That's from Eric in Duck Country. And just to let Eric know, I've definitely heard some th- good things from inside the program. I think they feel like that John Houston's a guy that can step up and, and be a part of this linebacker rotation. I haven't personally heard of any kind of move to safety or anything. Um, but I, I've definitely heard some optimism coach about what he, he's going to be able to do. Uh, I don't know. Get your thoughts on all that. Well, uh, I haven't seen enough of him play to be honest with you. Uh, you have to be really, uh, uh, have some speed to cover center field. As you know, as a safety, you got to take the deep outsides and cover two and different coverages to be able to get to the deep middle and be able to run pretty good. Run down guys if they break into the open. Be a sure tackler at the line of scrimmage. And I think being a senior right now, it'd be a tough thing to teach him. So I think he's better to be a better player inside because there's so many now coverages that you have to do that he runs well enough, I think, to be able to cover inside, but he needs to get more physical to play inside too. You've got to be real physical to play inside today. Step up and knock a guy down and be a sure tackler and take your gap. If you don't take your gap, the guy's on his way to the end zone. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to see him play. I think he's an inside guy. I don't think he has the you know, I hate to say this, I don't think he ha- he lights him up outside. He doesn't get that edge as far as like you want coming off the corner, coming off the off- outside shoulder of the tackle. So I think his place is inside, but he's got to get, you know, heavier, more physical, and get a lot of turns. Now, you know, how do you get better? Get a lot of turns, a lot of turns, a lot of turns. But you can't think and play football. You can't think and play linebacker. You react. Whenever you're thinking, you're getting beat. You got to react to the play, react to the run, react to whatever's going on. And I think the more turns he gets, the better football player he'll be. So it's very important that he gets a lot of turns this year if he's going to step in the middle and play. And uh, I think he will, Coach, because if you look at our scholarship distribution chart up on uscfootball.com, uh, for inside linebackers, there's only four. Uh, Cameron Smith, a junior. Uh, John Houston's a redshirt sophomore. Jordan Iosefa, uh, is a true sophomore, played last year. And, uh, uh, Taylor Katoa, uh, incoming freshman. Uh, now Elijah on Tucker is listed as an outside linebacker. He played inside before they could move him back over. Um, I know they like Jordan Iosefa a lot, but I've definitely heard good things about, uh, John Houston too. So it sometimes coach when a, a player comes in, it's a five star guy that doesn't make the immediate transition. There's injuries or whatever. To college, people kind of, you know, they're really curious about what's going on with him. I think the same thing with Kenny Bigelow. He's had so many injuries. He was a five-star guy. Never seen him really dominate in uh, college. This is going to be his opportunity. And maybe it's the same sort of thing for a John Houston, which, you know, came in very heralded. Um, you know, there were some things that slowed him down. And, you know, this might be the year that gives him some opportunities to be in that rotation. We know Clancy Pendergast doesn't like to play a lot of guys. If he doesn't feel, if he doesn't trust you, uh, he's not going to see the field, so he's going to have to, you know, earn the trust of of Clancy Pendergast and the coaching staff. And if he does, then you'll see him a lot on the field. And I apologize if I call him a senior. I think I did. Oh, I did you? Oh, sorry. I... Okay, yeah. And if I did, I'm sorry, I did. He has Richard Southmore. Yeah, I think he can play inside, and I think it's time you get in there and you do it. But as you said, 
got to get a lot of turns to be a great football player because you can't think you got to react. The uh, the last kind of topic, we have a question um, from Michael, and it's, I, I wanted to talk about this topic in general, specifically about his question and then just kind of hiring coaches in general from from what you think about. And I, you know, I, my conversation with T. Martin, um, he said he was definitely involved in the hiring process, that Clay Helton has the final say. Uh, but, you know, being the offensive coordinator, uh, he's going to be involved in, you know, bringing up names and things like that. But I'll read you the question, and then we'll kind of talk about this a little bit. He said, hello, Peristyle Podcast. My name is Michael. I am a 2015 graduate of USC from Chicago. Well, congratulations, Michael. Uh, this is my first time writing to the show. I thank you for doing that. He said, who are the top candidates for the running back coach? And would you move Johnny Nansen back to running backs and look for a linebackers coach? Could there be any other coaches who would move around? Thanks again for your response. Love the podcast and fight on. Well, you know, that's a good question. Uh, I would think that T. Martin would have an opportunity to uh, interview or discuss the running back coach possibility. Uh, but the final decision, of course, is Clay Helton. I always made the final discussion or final decision. Um uh, I would allow my assistants to, to bring me a name of somebody because it's always good to uh, hear who they have in mind, but uh, it was always my decision to decide who fit into our program and who I liked. And uh, I don't want a lot of friends of people. I want people who can coach. Because a lot of times coaches' team seem to recommend their friends who they've been around a long time. And, and I want to make sure they can be their friends, but they better be a pretty good football coach too. And it's got to be the best person. Uh, I don't know if they'll change Johnny Nason back to running back coach. Not that he can't coach it. But I think they've got a routine going. And, and you go to practice as well as I do. Who coaches the linebackers every single down, Brian? Who coaches them every down? Well, you have Johnny Nansen, but also Clancy Pendergast. He's also You're right. Yeah, he, He's in charge of every drill if you watch him. Yeah. I mean, he even does the sled job. He does everything, form tackling, everything. And uh, I don't think he'll ever give that up. Uh, he he feels that's the key to the defense, and he's going to coach it himself. And I think Johnny Nason fits, fits, in, fits in there good. With They've got a routine going. So if you have something going on, I wouldn't want to move people around. Linebackers are, are learning. Uh, why should Pentagrass have to teach another guy or – or so myself, I would not be for that. I'd be for bringing in a running back specialist, not that Johnny can't coach it. But why make two changes in my staff when I only need to replace one? So myself, I would say it's better to bring in a running back coach and leave the defense alone because now you're making two changes on you, one on each side of the ball. This is my opinion now, but of course, uh, you know, Coach Helton's going to do what he wants. But myself, I would rather keep it the way it is and bring in one coach rather than make it two changes within the staff. And as far as who, I have no idea who they're thinking about. Some people say they might elevate someone within the staff, which they could do, uh, which would make it easier if this person is capable and a great recruiter and they, he has compatibility with the players. The players know him. You know, there's nothing wrong. I elevated a lot of my coaches that were graduate assistants or volunteer coaches. 
up to a full-time position because I'd rather hire somebody I knew and watched him coach and how he fit in than bring someone in new that I didn't know. So I would rather elevate if I thought someone was that caliber than to bring someone else new. So that's just my philosophy. Coach, and I think, I think you're right on that. Just from, you know, T. Martin wasn't like saying, here's what we're going to do. I mean, but he was talking about the process. I didn't get the sense that they were going to move Johnny Nansen over. I think continuity was something that Clay Helton, uh, wanted after this first year. There's so much, um, you know, turmoil and everything over, you know, past several years of USC football. If Tommy Robinson would have stayed around and, and they, I think that's the ideal situation. They just wanted to keep everything the same. Um, like you said, moving a coach, now you're going to disrupt two spots and the defense seemed to work pretty well with the way they were sharing the duties with the linebacker stuff and Clancy Pendergast being more hands on with Johnny Nansen. Um, obviously he's doing a good job as a recruiting coordinator. At least the team is recruiting well and had a great signing day again. Um, so I do think that they're going to go from outside and bring somebody in. And I think one of the knocks, if you read the, the Peristyle coach, um, there's a lot of talk about Rolodexes. So, I mean, you had these back in the day. They don't really have them anymore. So our younger listeners might not know what that is. You might want to Google what a Rolodex is. Um, but I think one of the knocks on Clay Hilton was hiring a coach, um, you know, that's been around, he was around USC for a while with basically two not great, <laughs> Uh, they did have two head coaches to work for that weren't great mentors or weren't, didn't have their own great success at USC. Um, and they didn't feel like he had this big Rolodex of a lot of coaches you could turn to and a lot of relationships you had, uh, because of he hadn't been a head coach before. Um, but like you said, you have, you, the assistant coaches have been out in the world and they're, they know people and you kind of bring all that network of people together to try to hire someone. But that's why I wanted to ask you is what do you think about that? Is that, should that be some kind of knock on Clay Helton just because he hasn't been a head coach for a long time and might not have a deep Rolodex as far as bringing in assistant coaches go? And how much did you rely on your assistants when you did want to hire someone? No, I don't think that's a knock on him. I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that at all. When you coach for a number of years, you know who's good and who's bad. When you go into a home and you're recruiting, the first thing I say, well, who's recruiting you? And they say, this guy. And I know who's giving me the most problems in recruiting. I say, there he is again. There he is again. There he is again. We got to beat this guy on that school. So that so that'd be a guy you might want to hire then. Like, so if you heard that on the recruiting trail, that's like if you're at a position open up, you might be like, "Hey, that's a guy I would want to hire." That's exactly right. There's a guy that was recruiting Stephen Carr and almost got him. There's a guy that recruiting a, re- a receiver, and it's the same guy, and it's the same guy here, and it's the same guy there. And I say, "My, who is this guy? This guy is uh, causing us some problems." So I'd want to find out who this person might be, and occasionally he might be even beating you. And then, of course, I want to find out about his uh, coaching abilities and his player relationships and his background, and I get on the telephone and I call some of the people that he has worked for in the past and ask him why he isn't still there and ask him if they'd hire him back. And the number one thing I I ask the question uh, is, uh, would you hire him? And uh, why would you hire him? And these type of things. And then I have my two or three guys that I, I sort of uh, narrow it down to. And then uh, I make my decision. But uh, I want to I make sure the guy that, you know, names come up. You know when backs are playing well. You know when they're blocking, stepping up in their techniques and pass blocking. You can tell who's been coached who hadn't been coached. 
when guys just dive on the ground and, you know, they're not tough enough to step up in there and block somebody or they're missing the wrong guy or doing the wrong reads. And you know all that. And you know what coaches that uh, you can beat easily in recruiting. You say, oh, he's recruiting. Oh, don't worry about that. We'll whip him. And uh, who's not doing their homework. So uh, you can find a guy, especially when you're USC. Hey, it's a dream to coach at USC. I mean, uh, people would, I don't know what they give up, but <laughs> but I'm not going to get into that, okay? But, uh, hey, it's an honor to coach at USC in programs like this and work with the type of athletes that you have at USC and be in the tradition that USC has. So he's not going to have any problems finding someone to replace Tommy Robinson, believe me. The, uh, I, you know, and, and I agree with you, coach. Like, I, I, we don't know Clay Helton's relationships. I mean, his dad was a coach for a long time. There's, I'm sure there's a pretty deep, uh, Rolodex, I guess you could say, to go through. The biggest criticism I have, and it's not with the Clay Helton thing, it's just kind of been to me with the USC sort of mentality. What you just said is, Hey, you're USC. You should be able to go out and get anybody. And, you know, what we haven't seen that really happen, coach. We haven't seen when, there's an opening. Um, hey, go get the best guy that's out there somewhere, and he could play for one of your, or coach for one of your rivals or work for one of your rivals. Um, you know, I know there was like the uh, athletic director search, and you end up getting a guy that has absolutely no experience. Uh, I think Lin Swan's doing a pretty good job so far. We have to, you know, obviously you got to wait and see what's going on there. But was there a thought to going and getting the guy at Arizona who ended up going to Alabama? You're like, hey, there's a great athletic director in our conference that's, you know, a one-hour plane ride away, why don't we just bring him in? Or who's the best running back coach in the Pac-12? Who do you think he is? Go hire him. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see if Clay Hilton does that because I think that will be a change from what the current mentality is. Not not just in the football program, just I think in the athletic department in general. I don't know sometimes, Coach. It, doesn't see, it seems like they don't feel like they're this elite program. They're finding diamonds in the rough instead of going out and getting the shiniest diamond on the the corner store at Tiffany's because you're USC. You should be able to do that. I agree with you hundred percent. I'll tell you when I, when I used to recruit, I used to get a hundred applications, 200, or, uh, you know, when I used to hire a coach, 200 applications, uh, you know, I would look through it real quickly, but I didn't pay attention to those that much. And I hate to say that. And I don't think many coaches do. I would do my own search for who uh, I wanted to hire, find out who it was. And after I hired him, then I told him to fill out the application. Now, that's probably against all the things that you're supposed to do legally. I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know, an application, what's that tell you? What's an application tell you? tells you all about what school you graduated from and where you coached and this and that, which is fine. When I want to find out who you are, man. I want to find out. I want to talk to you like everybody stares at computers today. I mean, they have no social skills. You can't even talk to most people today. But I watch people. I go out to dinner, and I watch couples sitting there, and neither one of them talking to each other. They're both texting on their phones. Or parents out with their kids, and all of the kids and the parents are texting on their phones. I mean, I think the phone's a great thing. But what about learning how to communicate? Learning how to look at somebody in the eyes and talk to them. Learning how to shake somebody's hand. 
learning how to say, yes, ma'am, thank you, yes, sir, I appreciate it. What happened to all those skills? I think those skills are important skills, too. So an application to me is, yeah, you fill it out, but I want to know who you are, and I want to talk to you about it. Good points, Coach. Um, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was texting on my phone. Uh, no, I'm just oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is funny. You're right, though. It, it, I love just standing in a social environment. And, I, you know, I'm on my phone a lot, too. But um, I try to not as much when I'm in a social thing. But if you're standing in a group of, like, five people, and, you know, it might be a practice and everyone, like, we're talking or something. And then I look around and they're all, like, on their phones. And it's just funny. And you just, like, putting out, like, you guys are all on your phones right now. Um, that does happen a lot. But, yeah, the personal relationship. When you hire a coach, I mean, you, you, you talk to whoever it is. Like if he was a coach that was at Oklahoma State, you could talk to their fan base or reporters and they would all have different opinions of, say a guy was there for five years. Some guys might think he was great. Some guys might think he was terrible. Um, it's hard to tell after the fact, let alone going into it. Oh, they hired this guy. He's going to be awesome or he's going to be terrible. You just don't know. Uh, but if, if USC does get someone that's like established, maybe plays for a rival or, you know, a common opponent or something. Um, I think that would say a lot to me. That's like, Hey, that, that might be USC taking a step forward and saying, Hey, we could puff out our chest a little bit. We're doing well. If we want to go out and poach the running back coach from wherever, uh, Oregon or Arizona or wherever you want, you can go out and do that. They don't always have to say yes, but at least that's in your thought process. And you would go want to go out and do something like that. So that's why the hire will be interesting to me. Will it be some guy that you never heard of from Western Kentucky or will it be someone from a power five program that was desirable and other people were after too? I agree a hundred percent. I'd find out who the running back coach is at Florida state, but he's got to be a great recruiter. I'd find out who the running back coach is. who I don't know at Ohio state. I want to find out who's coaching the guy at Penn state because I thought he was a hell of a running back. I look around the country and find out. Then what I do is call players that played for him, and I'd ask him, "How is it? Did he coach you up? Do you like him or what?" And I get their side of it too, because I think it's important that you like. Yet I think it's very important that you respect the coach, and he's fair who's coaching. You want to win for him and play for him and give that extra effort. So you just don't hire somebody. You got to make sure you do it right, but you don't get a second chance. Uh, to hire somebody, and it's very difficult to get rid of somebody. You don't just go and fire a coach. You promote a coach. What I mean by that, you're far better off in the long run that if you have a coach that's not doing well for you and not fitting in, that you get him a better job. You search around, and you find out what job might be open, and you you put in a good word for him. You call a coach up there, and you say, you know, i got a guy you do a heck of a job for him in the NFL. He's ready for the NFL. You get him promoted. He leaves happy. He doesn't leave mad. Says good things about you forever. And if there are little secrets out there in your program, he isn't about to tell anybody about it. He's happy about you. So, you know, when you go fire somebody, you better be ready because you don't know. Uh, you know, people that live in glass houses, uh, there's a lot of people who call, throw rocks and break out windows. <laughs> So uh, I'd be very careful on that, too. You always promote. You never fire. All right. Well, that's Coach Harvey Hyde. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We had a few different interesting topics I thought we talked about. And don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, 
next week. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Tell us why you would be great to be on the Peristyle Podcast. 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or you can go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page. Got to be a voicemail. We want to hear your voice. Man, woman, child, whatever. If you're good, you want to ask Harvey Hyde some questions on the show uh, leading into spring football, we'd love to have you on. It'd be kind of fun uh fun conversation with uh, one of the fans. We have a lot of them out there. A lot of people listen to the show, so I think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to that, Coach. Here, I wonder what the uh, the entries are going to be like. I don't know, but let's uh, encourage you to do it. I'd love to do it. All right. That's Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. I am Ryan Abraham, publisher of uscfootball.com. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.